Hi, Chris Christoffi here, episode five on my podcast, Relentless Life on Your Terms, with a very special guest, a three-time world boxing champion, and an old friend of mine for 20 years, Mr. Sam the King Solomon. Thanks for being here, Sam. Thanks for having us, mate. Well, it's been a long time since we caught up, Sam, and we're reminiscing a couple of our old stories. It's actually more than 20 years, believe it or not. Was it? <laughs> When's the last time? Well, I retired from kickboxing in uh, 98. 97, 98, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well done. <laughs> I've done my research and you're yeah. one of my favourite fighters back then, Sammy. Yeah, but um, I actually, yeah, you're right, we probably knew each other um, in 97, 98, but before that you were following it, you were telling me you were following, the, following my career through the first 10 years of my kickboxing career. I was, and if you recall, Sam, I, this lump on my nose was actually you in a sparring session with my brother Jim. Uh, you got me mixed up with Sam Sullivan, I think, yeah, Definitely. <laughs> and I remember for the people that don't know you're a kickboxer, you were very good with your legs as well. You had great, the spinning helicopter kick, you're always very good, I always used to watch that. They were fun. And what I used to see, um, I never met any fighter that was as, as fit as you. And I said to my brother, who was also a kickboxer, he's one of my favourite fighters, I want you to bring him into the gym. And you were kind enough to spar with me. You came, you invited me to the Underworld Gym, where you brought out a book. I don't know if you remember this. It was three and a half pages, and you said, every train I've ever had, has taught me something, I put it in here. No one can last this. And it was a little line on every sheet. And I said, I'm gonna last, I'm not gonna stop. He goes, you won't be able to. <sighs> and we started, do you remember that? Yeah, no, I, I do remember telling people that in the past, uh, you would've been one of them. Yeah, so I remember I got past, past page one. I think I went purple, <laughs> started vomiting. Got halfway through page two, changed color. I was clo close to page three and he said to me, stop, this is enough, you're gonna throw up. Change and you color. made me stop, yeah, I did but I was not going to stop. And you said to me, just stop, that's enough. That was my intention, that wasn't my intention. <laughs> and you were nice enough to also be in the corner of one of my fights, so thanks for that. But the things that I want to mention, not many people would know this, you've had over 107 fights, both in kickboxing, Muay Thai and boxing. Yeah. 64, I believe, now in boxing. 62, close, yeah. With a 47 win rate, and you've had three world titles. A couple of things I'd like to note, you've also boxed 555 rounds, which no other boxer has done in the modern era. No. We're no. talking Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, Tyson, no one's done that. The closest one besides that is Bernard Hopkins. Yeah, it's nice to be above Bernard in something, because <laughs> uh, in holding titles, he's held five, I've held three, so he's, he's, got me on the, he's got me on the titles, but yeah, I've got him on the rounds. He does, yeah. He's a lovely guy, I've met him, he's a... And absolutely, gem of a bloke. Everyone that speaks about you, Sam, will say the absolute same thing. You are a lovely guy. You're always Thanks. a tribute to the sport. And to win three world titles is no mean feat. You are one of our best boxers of all time. And for the people that don't know, because I do, you were one of our best kickboxers of all time yeah. as well. You always had the most fun fights, I remember. Good old days. And you're always very hard to hit because you looked very awkward. And I remember sparring you. You always got your shoulder in your own down. I go, this guy shouldn't be too hard to hit. I went in, you ducked everything, you hit me three, four times. And I'll never forget that, Sam. So what would you say? I still teach that technique, to be able to take the shoulder in, hand up. It's very elusive because you think the guy, I can tag him here, and as I went in, you just, I don't know how quick you did it. Next thing you know, I'm getting tagged. The quicker you are, the safer you are. <laughs> now, and... Um, you also wrote on my brother's, this is something I don't think you remember, on my brother's wall in his gym, the, the law of the king, to, to, get, to, to get hit and not get hit. Yeah. yeah um, that we used to say that yeah, all the time. Sweet, the sweet science. That's the that's plan of attack before and after every, and before every fight. And during every fight, so you, you got to have, if you have that mentality in, in the ring, mum and dad will let you fight again. <laughs> 
And I was talking as well, because I guess in business, and it's, uh, you can relate it back to boxing or kickboxing, you need a certain quality to be successful or to become a three-time world champion to have 107 fights. What would you say the similarities between being a professional fighter at the pinnacle of his career, but also being in business? What would you say the, the parallels are? Well, they both have the same. In the end of the day, you've got to do your homework. You, you, you finish your training and then you practice what you learned over and over and over again. And uh, same in the business, you know. You, you learn about, you, you're working, working on things about your business, you know, and uh, then when, you get, when, you're, when, you're, um, when you're at home and you've got to do the bits and pieces, the theory side of it, and then uh, you... Um, and then you come back to work again, you, uh, you're always on top of things. Yeah. Because it's like chess when you're fighting, because you're always looking at your opponent, you're studying your opponent. But I think one big parallel as well is the ridiculous hard work, the ethic that must needs to get up in the mornings to run, to become a world champion, to be able to go. And how many times you get knocked down and get back up? And I think business is very similar. It's not how many times you, Rocky, Rocky said it better than anyone, not how many times you fall, it's how many times you get up. That's right. Which is probably the, the main thing in business as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a famous quote by a boxer in the past, and then Rocky just reminded everyone of it. <laughs> and everyone thinks it's Rocky, yeah? yeah everyone thinks it's Rocky. Yeah. And when you beat Felix in, in Germany, you were 40 years of age. Not many boxers have won world titles in IBF world title at 40 years no, of no, age. No, I've done it. So how'd that, how'd that make you feel? Winning the first, my first world, almost, that was my second world title. That was an important fight for me because Stern was a huge champion, won, won, every, won everything. He was a great fighter. Four-time world champion himself, and uh, I was a huge underdog, and he gave me no chance of it. The press, they, um, they hammered me in Germany. They gave me some chance here, but they said slim. But uh, over there, they gave me no chance, and, and it was, I was almost like a warm-up fight for him, for a bigger fight down the track with a uh, Jermaine Taylor or Bernard Hopkins. So. To win that fight was, was a very special, special time. How would that make you feel, being an underdog? What, this, what was Sam saying to himself before going into that fight? I wasn't angry about it. I wasn't angry that I was an underdog. The reason I talk about anger is because um, I was world champion at the time. He was three-time world champion at the time. I was one-time world champion. We were both world champions. Yet they had me eight-to-one underdog, as in I had no chance. So. It actually gave me the uh, energy and the, the mental strength to, to um, say, you know what, I've got nothing to lose in the game here and came home with the goods. And that's the sort of grit that some people, you can't tell them that it's, you're the only one that's going to tell you if you're right or wrong. And even when you were kickboxing, you'd go into some crazy fights when you were fighting Ian Jacobs, who was a legend. You never took on easy fights. You were the underdog, but in a lot of the cases, with our Western, and a lot of the times you came out winning. And I thought when I saw you, the reason you're extremely powerful, quick, awkward to fight. Yeah. And your work ethic, which I liked more than anything, was better than anyone I've ever seen. That was nice. Was you're always very, very fit in the ring. Yeah. And the Stan, the man once told me as well, he goes, a fighter's a fitness best friend. And you're always very fit, and I think that obviously helped you for uh, having a long, great career. It was an honor fighting the man you mentioned, Ian Jacobs. He was the, probably the second best fighter I've ever fought, and I fought a 44. I fought four world champions, five, sorry, five. One was from Thailand, Thailand world champion. He was the toughest I ever fought. 
Satman Khan, who Ian Jacobs would know. Then, of course, Ian Jacobs and then there's three others. And I won four out of the five. So. Yeah, I know. In kickboxing, you should have won a lot, a lot of world titles, but they, you, I see, you seem to have a bit of bad luck with matching up. What I was going to ask you, five toughest opponents. Now, you've mentioned two. I would say, I'd have to say, Howard Eastman's the toughest, strongest opponent I ever came across. Of course, Stern. Uh, I'd say Jermaine Taylor uh, and uh, Winky Wright. All great fighters. Yeah, all in the top pound for pound ten, so... So I'd like to mention a couple more things with you. I'm going to bring it up and you can finish the story, Stallone. Yeah, yeah, so it's Stallone working with the great man. Yeah. He invited me to, uh, or how we actually met was... The contender, wasn't it? Yeah, no, when he was on the, when he done the contender series one and two, yeah. and then um, he was just uh, part owner of the contender series. He wasn't on the show that I was on. I got to meet him through reading it in the paper, he said that I was his favourite fighter, so I had to meet him and I had to speak to him just to find out if that was really true. So went through 15 to 20 channels to get to him finally. When I finally did, he said, yeah, he was a very humble man. He said, you're one of my favourite fighters. You brought me back to the memories of when I fought um, Apollo Krieg in the movie, the difference between my fight and yours. Um, we both turned the crowd around, only yours was for real. And mine was, I was just an actor, acting. You did the real thing, so I'm a big fan, he said. And I said, I don't go there with the fan thing. I started boxing and watching you as a kid. He goes, no, 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 his humbleness. He kept saying, uh, no, no, you do the real thing. And uh, That's, he's, that's he's, amazing. He's very special. It must be feel great to have someone like that say that they look up to and inspire you cause, and do what you do. Now, the last thing that I wanted to mention, which a lot of people say you're a great guy, but let's, uh, this is a testament. You do a lot of work with the Salvation Army, don't you? Yeah, yeah, the good, the good, the good. But I actually worked with them today. We, we did something earlier this afternoon, actually. And I admire that a lot, Sam. I do a lot of work for the Vinicio Sleepout. Nice. Sam Paul's. And I know you also, this year actually I'm signing off on something. We're very close to buying a home, building it, paying it out, running, donating the whole thing. So last year we raised $60,000 with the second highest fundraiser in Victoria out of 330 people. So that's something I'm very proud of. And I also know you teach um, boxing to the homeless as well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was what we did today. We had, so I used to work at Salvation Army for five, six years, thanks to a good friend, Brendan Noddle, who my manager, David Stanley, who we've been friends for many, many years, put me on to Brendel and, Brendan and, uh, and um, it, went on, it went on from there. And I worked, for, worked at Salvation Army. And then this gym got really busy and I couldn't, be in two places at once, so I got them to come here to my gym now. So I give them a set time where they come in and come and they use the gym as make it their, make it their second home. And they love it. I heard that and I couldn't believe how happy and inspired I was. So I do something similar. And there's one more thing you do as well, Sam. Do you want to mention it with the uh, kids making the right choices? Yeah, the choices can again. David Stanley. He's been special to me in many many ways. He, he's organised so many supportive things that I'm able to help make a difference. He done the gambling awareness program, choices you just mentioned with, with um, getting kids off, off the street um, who, who um, love a punch up and let them- Getting them in the ring. Explain them to do it and try, if you want to throw a punch, throw it in the ring with rules, fairness, um, making the right choice. Uh, yeah, the, a lot of, the, put us through a lot of special, did a lot of special things with uh, David.
Did you ever have a tougher sparring session than the one you did against me? <laughs> well, you had the reach on me, so I was in all sorts of trouble, but found a way. And I found a way to keep up. And I remember when I called you and I go, Sam, you broke my nose, you got leases by world champion. So <laughs> that's a good stamp of approval. So all in all, uh, Sam, I appreciate your time doing this and helping us all. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. It was good fun. Thank you.